of earth that plants and trees grow in. It's composed of broken down rocks, organic matter such as rotten plants, and living organisms like worms. Without soil, nothing would exist. No plants or trees would grow. We would have nothing to eat and nowhere to support the buildings we live and work in. The soil is like the human body. In order to be healthy, it needs to be fed, watered and rested. Plants grow by taking the nutrients and minerals they need from the soil. We get the nutrients and minerals we need from eating those plants. So soil is essential to life and it makes sense to look after it. But unfortunately, we don't always look after it. We expect the soil to work hard for us every year growing our food without giving it what it needs to survive. We keep tilling the land and harvesting the crops without letting the soil have a rest. Harsh sunlight and droughts damage the soil and without food or respite, the soil becomes depleted in nutrients and vulnerable to erosion. But while we may not be able to predict the climate, there are many things we are able to do to help the soil to restore its healthy balance. In these films, we will learn from people across Africa who are looking after their soils in different ways. Composting is a natural way of recycling. It converts organic materials that we don't use, like fruit skins, animal manure, leaves and kitchen waste, into healthy nutrients that are good for the soil. Spreading compost on the land helps to improve the fertility or health of the soil, which in turn produces tastier crops as the plants absorb the nutrients from the soil. So the fruit and vegetables that we can grow from composted land are healthier for us too. Compost is cheap and easy to make. This is the way we make our compost. Make At the Toronto School in South Africa, pupils have been making their own compost. Tato Magashoa explains how. First of all, we use the green stuff. After the green stuff, we used water to pour on the layer. And then we came with the, with the grass and then we put the water on the grass then, then the twigs, then the water on the twigs, and then the compost, the, the manure, and the water on the manure. And we also used the kitchen waste, and we put manure on the kitchen waste. We did that about twice. Then after doing it, we covered the, the compost with plastic. Then we pour, we pour soil on the plastic so that it cannot be blown by the wind. Improving the quality of the soil means improving its structure too. Healthy soil lets in more air, which means better drainage and less erosion, so the benefits are long-lasting. Mulching is a way of helping the soil to retain moisture. Naturally, mulching occurs when leaves from the trees fall on the ground and form a layer on the soil. This protective layer helps to stop water loss. But where trees are sparse, mulch needs to be made. It can consist of manure, leaves, crop waste or dry grass 
as the pupils here are using. Mulching also helps prevent soil erosion and fertilizes the soil by decomposing. The healthy plants grown in this soil are able to fight pests and diseases more easily, which is good news for us too. When the soil is fertilized, then the vegetables will also be fertilized. By using compost and mulch on their garden, the pupils have enriched their soil, and so the vegetables they are now able to grow can be eaten for lunch. When I do my gardening, I'll be able to, to fight hunger at our school because some kids don't have food at, our, at their homes. The garden at Toronto School has provided many children with food they would normally go without. They hope that other pupils will see the benefits of cultivating their own garden. With the effects of climate change becoming more severe, keeping the land fertile is one of the biggest challenges facing African farmers today. Most farmers use expensive fertilizers to try and increase their crop yield. But there is another way. Green manure, or biomass, is a crop that's grown to be dug back into the soil. A form of agroforestry, it's an alternative fertilizer that's being put to the test by some farmers with excellent results. In Zambia, farmers grow the gliricidia tree for the nitrogen that it adds to the soil. Collecting the leaves from the tree, the farmers place them in holes in the soil, cover them with earth, and then put seeds on the top. Uh, these are the cabbage seedlings I'm planting here. Deep within the soil, the green manure decomposes like compost and provides nutrients to feed the growing seedlings. Trasizo Pidi is a farmer in Kateti, in the eastern province of Zambia. For years, Trasizo grew cabbages using traditional fertilizers, but recently he experimented with green manure to see what effect it would have on his crop. He was delighted at the difference it made. These cabbages, on the left and on the right hand side, the, the one under biomass and this one under fertilizer, they were on the same nursery, uh, they were planted on the same dirty. Uh, you can see that this one, under fertilizers, it's turning uh, a bit brown, meaning that there's need of what top up. Uh, and a cabbage crop, it needs a lot of what, uh, a lot of food in the soils. And the, look at this one under, the, this one under biomass. Uh, you can see that there's no not even a single sign that it needs a top-up. It's still healthy, it's green. Cheap and easy to use, green manure has made Trasizo's cabbages both bigger and tastier than before. Really, it has completely changed my life. It's the, really, there's a change. Uh, the way I was suffering in the past is completely different as the way I'm living now. You know, going and buying fertilizers is very difficult. I cannot manage buying fertilizers using in my maize field, buying fertilizers using in my garden field is a problem. But uh, this agroforestry system 
is helping me a lot. And coming to the garden sales, you find that our customers these days, they are mostly attracted with the uh, crops which are grown under biomass, not the ones grown under fertilizers. His new cabbages are the most popular yet. So, with a larger income and a healthier crop, for Trasizo, it's simple. He's not going back to his old fertilizer. He advises other farmers to try green manure for themselves. Farmers who haven't yet started participating in water agroforest, this is the time to start participating in water agroforest. These, these coming days, uh, things, they are still going up and up, meaning that the prices of what fertilizers, it is no longer getting down. It's going up and up. You find that this season is 10,000 kwacha, the other season 20,000 kwacha, the other season 30,000. It's going like that. But these are grow foresty trees. The only expense is see, um, my power, taking my power to my field, I plant, then I forget. Insects are an important part of nature because they're the main pollinators for plants. Ideally, there's a natural balance between useful insects and those that are harmful. If nature's not balanced, then harmful insects, called pests, can do a lot of damage to crops. The aim of natural pest control is to restore a balance and keep the number of pests down to a minimum. The alternative is to use expensive chemical insecticides and pesticides. But some of these chemicals can do terrible damage, killing off the good insects, polluting the water table, and damaging birds and wildlife. And they can also be harmful to humans. However, there are natural, inexpensive, and very effective ways to protect your plants from harmful insects. At the Soweto Epilepsy Self-Help Organization in South Africa, they have a healthy, thriving vegetable garden. This has been achieved by understanding which are the good insects, like bees, which pollinate plants, and ladybirds that eat aphids. There are a lot of reasons for some other very health advantageous uh, insects within your garden. For instance, we're having things like frogs. Frogs are not harmful to your plants, but they can eat, be able to eat other insects like the ants, the aphids, which are within your garden. So introducing them in, in your garden might play a big role. The ladybirds, if you introduce them in your garden, they're able to be able to keep all the spiders and eat the, the, the aphids as well. Pests can be repelled by using a simple planting method called intercropping, where strong-smelling plants that insects dislike are planted in amongst vegetables. For instance, mint, onion, garlic, chilies and marigolds all give off strong scents. Once they smell them, the insects move on, so the vegetables are safe. This is what you call intercropping. You'll have your spinach right here, and in between you're having onion. And onion, is, it, 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 a plant, it's a very strong smelling plant. So it's able to repel the pest. Whichever pest who wants to come and eat your, 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 your spinach, because of the strong smell, 
it is able to actually try and repel that. So that's why we're having so much diverse, different kind of um, plants within one bed. And as we're gonna, we get, you know, we're going to have here mint, also it's a herb. So it's able to, to help these other um, spinaches when you're having a pest coming to actually eat them, trying to repel them. In addition to intercropping, the organization has also come up with a homemade pesticide. Equal quantities of chopped up chili, celery, onion and garlic are added to hot water along with some slices of soap. Once the mixture has cooled, it's poured onto the plants. Cheap and easy to make, this is kinder to the environment than expensive commercial pesticides that often contain damaging chemicals. This homemade pesticide doesn't kill the pests, but works by repelling them so that the good insects, the pollinators, can still do their job. All these are simple, effective methods that cost very little, but can help produce a plentiful, healthy crop of plants. Tilling is a traditional way of preparing the land for planting seeds. But in many African countries, frequent drought means that tilling actually exposes the soil, leaving the land dry and barren. Conservation tilling is a new technique that farmers are using to minimize damage as well as help improve the condition of the soil. Here in Zambia, Farmers are practicing this new method of tilling. Farmers leave last year's crop waste on top of the soil. Then they dig small holes, fill them with compost, half cover them, then plant their seeds and wait for rain. The crop waste acts as a mulch, while the compost provides nutrients. The rainwater collects in the holes and filters through to the seeds over a period of time. Farmer Standwell Chiwa is a recent convert to conservation tilling and now teaches others how to make the most of their land. Through conservation farming, I usually teach my friends I go in villages, or even you can go in any other villages. I usually go there and teach them conservation farming so that they should also practice this conservation farming. Because this conservation farming improves the fertility in the soil. Fertility in the soil is improved just because of conservation farming. Less tilling ensures that the soil structure is left intact, crop yields are higher, and farmers have less work to do. Conservation tilling offers a cheap and effective alternative to traditional methods and one which also protects the soil for the future. When we've been working hard, our bodies need to rest. For soil, it's much the same. Feeding the crops all year round is hard work and the soil needs to be fed too, so that it can stay healthy. 
In Chipata, in the eastern province of Zambia, farmers are using a practice called agroforestry. This is where trees are planted to benefit the soil and crops. These trees convert nitrogen in the air, an element which is essential for plant growth, into nitrogen in the soil. By planting nitrogen-fixing trees in their fields, species like Gliricidia, Sesbania, Tephrosia and Acacia, farmers have increased their soil's fertility and their crop yield too. In Zambia, the main tree species planted by farmers is Gliricidia. Farmer Hedson Mwali worked with the World Agroforestry Center to improve his land. Hedson plants alternate lines of maize and trees so that his crops benefit from the nutrients fixed by the trees. The first advantage of using the Gliricidia tree is that when you cut it, it doesn't die. It re-sprouts. The second thing is that when the leaves fall, it puts a lot of biomass in the field, which is good for plant growth. When the trees are cut down, they can be used for building and also for firewood. I can also harvest the seeds to sell at the market. Last year, I had a good income from the seeds. Hedson's children benefit from this extra income too. The advantage of harvesting seed is that I can use the money to send my children to school as it pays for their fees as well as their uniforms. Nitrogen-fixing trees like Gliricidia have made a huge difference to farmers like Hedson and his farm is a good example of how to make land profitable again. He explains the benefits he's seen. I've seen two changes. One is a change in the field. The soil's fertility used to be depleted, but now it's restored, so I can get better use from the soil. Then the second change is on the homestead. When people visited me in the past, I didn't have a granary or enough maize to last for the year, but now I can get maize from tree fallows, so I now have enough food for the family. By intercropping Gliricidia trees with his maize crop, Hedson has had a bumper crop this year and hopes that with his enriched soil, next year will be just as good. This is my yield that I got from my fields this year. Despite the fact that there has been a drought, this is what I've been able to get. Even though my family is big, there are 11 of us, this will take us up to January next year. This maize here, the cobs which look small, are the ones I got from the fields without tree fallows. But where I had Gliricidia fallows, the maize is right inside there, and some of the bigger cobs, I'm actually going to take to the agricultural show. So I am happy with the yield. It's quite enough for us as a family.
Permaculture is a method of farming which replicates nature in the garden. Suitable even for the smallest plot of land, it's especially relevant for people living in towns and cities. Permaculture involves organic farming methods such as mulching, composting and intercropping. It encourages the use of natural pest control, the planting of nitrogen-fixing trees and the building of raised beds which help to ensure that water is collected naturally. Lucky Zabba works in Johannesburg in South Africa and teaches people the principles of permaculture. Permaculture, it's, it's, it's a permanent agriculture. It promotes life, it, it promotes the whole holistic of the whole ecosystem that nature should be able to uh, work together, be able to help each other to, to promote life as such. It encourages use of any kind of space, of amount of space you have, so the minimum space you can use. The use of natural resources as well. If you are able to produce maximum pro produce at a lesser cost, less resources, but you're using natural resources. So even the most poorest, the most poverty areas, you're able to implement and adopt this kind of system. North of Johannesburg, in Polokwane, pupils at Toronto School are taught how to practice permaculture. Their garden is a perfect example of how to get the most out of permaculture. It produces a plentiful supply of nutritious vegetables, enough for the whole school to enjoy healthy meals. The principles of permaculture are integrated into the school curriculum. During a maths lesson, pupils learn how to measure out and make a raised bed. Uh, the, the, the length, it can be as long as you, as you want, but the, 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 the breadth, it must be a meter. All right. Channels between the beds capture rainwater, which is absorbed by the plants over a long period of time. The width of the bed is important, as it gives the children easy access to the plants. What you're going to do, you're going to make a... After being taught how to plant seedlings, Pupils also learn about intercropping, where strong-smelling plants like marigolds are planted in between vegetables to help repel pests. Intercropping means plants helping others under the soil. The main thing I have learned from our garden is we have vegetables like spinach, cabbage and lettuce and other vegetables, beetroot, carrots, onions, and we have fruit trees, a peach tree, a banana tree, and we have mealies in our garden, and we also have chickens. And the chickens help us to, to have manure. Composting is the next lesson. Pupils bring in waste material from home to help make a rich compost to feed the soil. Then comes mulching. The mulch is made up of grass and leaves, and helps the soil to retain moisture. The school garden produces so much food that members of the local community help harvest it and the extra vegetables are sold by the school. Profits are used to help fund school fees of children from poorer backgrounds. The garden also ensures that the children never go hungry, as teacher Anna Magoro explains. Even kids who sometimes don't have food at home, because we can be able to depict them from the classroom, one teacher will say, you see this kid, it seems as if she's from a poor family. When you go home, we give him a, bag, a bunch of a cabbage and then some tomatoes. Give that to your mom. So you can see that we are really trying to improve 
nutrition of those who cannot afford. In the olden times, they used to say, richness comes from the soil. Uh, it's true. If you want to be rich, work with the soil. This is really a, 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 a skill. It's a, a very a good skill for the kids. So I would like to urge people to to really take permaculture as a serious thing in life because it's here to stay. Everything is living because of permaculture. Thanks to the permaculture garden, the children now have a good understanding of how important fruit and vegetables are for a healthy diet. Yeah, go on, plant. We have tomato, green pepper, and onion. They make our bodies strong, healthy, and protect us from many diseases. When we mix these three, they make a nice, delicious soup. 